they still scoring at St Andrews? More action than we've had all Christmas. I'll speak for myself. Oh no, she didn't. This is the Totally Football League show. My heart is alive, I'm okay. Bielsa, the poet, an alive poet, just. It's me, Caroline Barker, joined by two familiar voices and one brand new to the league show. First up, as ever, he's been busy. I want to say Kaylading, but I can't say it. Up in Edinburgh yesterday, but flying back just for us. Or at least that's what we like to think. He's taking a pound note somewhere else. A Scottish pound note. Sam Parkins here. Good morning. How you are, doing? Are you back for someone else, not us? No, I'm back for New Year's Eve and um, some high quality football over the next coming days. Yeah, good. Uh, making her Totally Football League show debut, it's commentator extraordinaire, Oxford United fan, but don't hold that against us. Uh, all round football nut to Robin Cowns here. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Can I just point out, uh, producer Abby put Oxford fan and I was going to say City or United. Uh, it's got to have to be United. She didn't actually, she put Oxford United. Well, this guy sports will beg to differ when they... Uh, when they previewed the uh, Manchester City game, they said Manchester uh, City against Oxford City. Oh, did they? Mm. Oh, yeah, wow. that didn't go down how, too well. How would Oxford City do up against Manchester City, current Manchester City team? Would they score a goal? Possibly not. Oh, that not. level of question uh, you'll expect throughout the rest of the show. Also with us, Joe Crilly. That's Hello. it, Joe, from William Hill. How's your arrow hand? My arrow hand is, is fine. It's very underused. Is uh, it? But my, my brain is absolutely fried from... from being at the darts all over Christmas. From from what? Where? Uh, Who are we? At the, at the at the World Championship darts. Yeah, I've been there pretty much every night. Working, I hasten to add, not enjoying myself. Were there any um, football league players down there? I keep seeing. Lots oh, of... um, yeah. I I took a photo of Don Goodman, oh. uh, but he was staring at his phone. Was <laughs> <laughs> it? He was waiting for you to put up your tweet, a picture of him on it. Well, if Don Goodman's at the darts, then we should all be there. Have you been to the darts yet, Sam? I not this year, but I went when I was playing for Leighton Orient, and um, Barry Hearn obviously organised the the tickets. and And one of the players, one of my teammates, put up a sign or whatever you call them, and it was a little bit uh, inflammatory about our management duo of Martin Ling and Dean Smith at the time. So come Monday morning, and after twelve pints, uh, it wasn't the cleverest uh, decision I've ever made either, because they pulled us into the uh, dressing room and. <laughs> <laughs> got stuck into us basically <laughs> in the midst of a really bad run as well I hasten to add oh, so no. those Dean. signs they give out that gives a lot of um, you know scope for slander doesn't it <laughs> it used to be the worst thing because I used to do the darts on yeah. the BBC on the BBC and of course there's advertising all over the signs as well so you're busy turning that down trying to look at who's offered someone else out across the way on, on one of the signs <laughs> trying to keep them apart I mean it's on the edge of a riot and it's brilliant isn't it that's got all the ingredients though considering I was supplied the tickets by the guy who organised it <laughs> and we were all professional footballers oh it's all there isn't it I mean what were we thinking if only we knew someone who could get us tickets Joe Criddy's here as well. Shall we move on? Let's do some rattling around at our teams of the decades, players of the decades. I'm going to throw some other things at you. But we waited right until the very end for arguably the game of the decade, oh. which you were at, Robin Cowan. Birmingham 4, Leeds 5. Yes, mouth still agape. That was the general mood of the press box. Everyone just had their mouths on the floor. It was un. Believable. That doesn't help with commentary, does it? It doesn't, no. We're sitting just behind the Radio Leeds guides who'd lost all their voices. It was, I've never seen anything like it. And I honestly believe 
they would have just kept going like that and infinitum scoring one end to the other. It was just incredible. <laughs> it would we, they would still be going. It's just Leeds happened to score the final goal and then the whistle went. I think they were just lucky in that sense. Uh, Bielsa, who we, we wait all season to say anything and then came out with a couple of pearls, not least the, the heart still going. I'm, I'm still alive with that one. It was, I say that the game of the decade, arguably it was there, but that's what we get around this Christmas time, isn't it, Sammy? It, yeah, you get some inconsistent performances from some of the top teams. You've got to juggle your teams, your selection, because players are knackered uh, and you're going to pick up injuries. So this time of year, like the first game of the season as well, because you're preparing for a team that you've not really seen in action. So... It can throw up these type of results, but I thought great resilience from Leeds, considering that they were pulled back by Cardiff recently when they were 3-0 to the good. So I thought that showed a a really good mental strength to win that game and pretty fitting that the winning goal was an own goal as well, just to cap off the the madness. But yeah, brilliant fair. And yeah, a few cracks though, I suppose, defensively for Leeds. Casilla has been so consistent and definitely at fault for a couple, but no, brilliant entertainment. All right, maybe I'm... Maybe stretching it a bit to say game of the decade, but game of Christmas, right? Uh, unless you've seen any others that were better than I was that, say, Robin. No, my favourite bit of the whole thing, Luke Ayling obviously had an amazing game, incredible, yeah. but in, before he started really pulling the strings and scoring that amazing goal and having a couple of assists, he got a kick downstairs and what was brilliant is he pulled his shorts just have a quick look and then looked up a massive grin and a big thumbs up to the crowd <laughs> that was my favourite bit of the whole still thing still there yep. <laughs> maybe with that high pitched voice too uh, best game of the, the festive period for you Sam oh I, you're going to do well to beat that I think there's been some amazing performances um, I would probably point to Middlesbrough's winner at West Brom in the championship and probably Reading at Preston as well would be the two standout performances. Um, some good ones, you know, in League One and League Two, but in terms of teams in the championship upsetting the odds, they would be the two I'd go for. But I don't think there's any debate as what has been the best game of the last few days. Jojo? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd second or third that. But in terms of performances, probably go for Rotherham beating Peterborough 4-0 at home. And stats of the Christmas stroke festive period has to be from Experimental 361. Did you see this? Over the 2019 period, they've ranked from Premier League through Football League. And guess who's not bottom of the table? Is it Bolton? No, you're not. <laughs> you're not. South End are bottom. They're 91st. That's not uh, surprising. Bolton are 90th. Well done, Bolton. You've won something this year, or at least finished above. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Now, talking of quizzes, we weren't, but we will. And here's an extra prize for you. If you go on the totallyfootballshow.com, there are a few quizzes to keep you going over this uh, festive period. Across the show, we'll whet your appetite with questions like this, just for fun. Who scored the goal that won the 2014 playoff final for QPR against Derby? Who scored the goal? Do you know it, Robin? Kent? I actually do know it. I was just going to give you, do you want multiple choice? Yeah, go on. All right. Don't answer yet. Don't need that. <laughs> was it Robin A? Cowan, she doesn't need that. Robin Cowan. No, she's not on it. Uh, was it A, Charlie Austin, B, Joey, I'm sent off again, Barton, uh, C, Kevin Doyle, or D, Bobby Zamora? Austin, Barton, Doyle, or Zamora? Think about it for, what, 10 seconds, uh, then I'll give you the answer. Right, we're up to date. Let's get some news and previews in the championship next. You're listening to the Totally Football League show in association with William Hill. Before we get into the championship headlines, Robin of the Cowan, the answer to our first quiz question was... D, Bobby Zamora. I thought you weren't going to say who D was. And thank you for remembering (laughs) that, because I just added A, B, C, D to those in some uh, whimsical way. It was D, 
Bobby Zamora. The question was, who scored the goal that won the 2014 playoff final for QPR against Derby? More quiz questions like that on the way. Now, here is what you may have missed in the championship. It's all changed since we last spoke as Leeds took advantage of West Brom not winning in three to sit atop the championship as we head into 2020. Leeds were top this time last year too. We will remember what happened next. There are, however, nine points between them and Fulham in third with Brentford, Forest and Sheffield Wednesday currently completing the playoffs. However, just three points between the Owls in sixth and Blackburn in 13th. It is that tight. Another quiz for you. Who was the last team to lose a match in the championship? Charlton. It's actually two teams. Barnsley and Reading have the best form in the championship at the moment. Who'd have thunk it? Now, we have a commentator or a couple of commentators in the studio at the moment. Um, Robin... I want you to assess the following commentary. Borough one nil up. BBC T Sport. Mark Drury and Neil Madison here. Hoping to see Borough home. Fletcher. Oh! Ashley Fletcher. What, what a goal is that? Oh, <laughs> he has hit it from West Bromwich to Birmingham and back. He's now sliding on his knees in front of the Borough fans. It bounced up. What was it? 40, 50 yards out. I don't care. He doesn't care. Borough are two nil up. They're winning on the road. It is ridiculous. It's wonderful. And it's Ashley Fletcher with the winner. Oh, my God. What a finish. Honestly, it's a three down the line. But what a throw by Hayden Coulson. Down the line, it's headed back. I think it's George Savile heads it forward. He must be two miles away. He smashes it on the volley. Keeper outside his box. Lands in the net. And that's the quickest I've seen. Ashley Fletcher run all day. He runs for the ball left of the pitch. Slides in front of the Butter fans. We're going bonkers. The Butter fans are going bonkers. We beat the baggies 2-0. Come on. <laughs> that, that pretty much sounds... I'm stealing like that line, what on earth have you done? <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love that. That was the goal of the Christmas period, at least, if, if maybe not the game of the Christmas. And, and Middlesbrough needed that, didn't they? Oh, incredible. What an incredible run they've been on. Three wins from three over the festive period. And I think Jonathan Woodgate, some were really starting to question whether he was the right man. And it just shows that actually sticking by him was, it was a really good thing. And now they look full of confidence, something that they haven't had for a very long time. Yeah, there was no one in this studio questioning whether Jonathan Woodgate was the right man or indeed questioning Jonathan Woodgate um, in a, a manner befitting that of someone going down doing time for murder. Oh, I wouldn't have done that. Middlesbrough with that 2-0 win over West Brom. Fletcher, 90 plus four. We always love a brackets at the end of that one. He has had his knockers this season, Woodgate. Do you think he's grown into the role, Sam? Uh, yeah, I think so. I'm pleased that he's going to be given time. I thought that was the right thing, despite you grilling him. Uh, maybe you, you can take credit as being the catalyst for this upturn in form, yeah, Caroline. Maybe. I think the two victories that preceded the West Brom game weren't very convincing, but I think he called this the perfect away performance, and mm. it, it really was much improved in, in all areas, despite not having a sombre longer. They, they nullified Pereira, who... For me, he's been the best player in the championship probably throughout this season by playing two holding midfield players. So tactically, Woodgate got it right and they defended brilliantly. Ayala, I think, is a great influence on all these young players around him. Two more getting opportunities. Jed Spence, we know, scored over the Christmas period. Hayden Coulson as well. So he's got some very talented young boys and let's see if he's given the opportunity to add maybe in January. But no, I'd be really pleased if he can turn this around and they can at least consolidate this year and he can have a good go at it next year. We'll look ahead to 
Borough Preston North End and West Brom Leeds in just a moment. But in the last couple of hours, at least, depending on when we recorded this, Derby 2, Charlton 1, Charlton losing in the Championship. The 10 men of Derby holding out, I say holding out, they actually played really well. And, and even post the man going off, they were all right. Yeah, no, was, they said it in the commentary, you really couldn't tell. I think they just played it perfectly and perhaps Charlton didn't. They brought on Lyle Taylor at half-time, I think that was called for. And he did one of those penalties that make me clench everything. Oh. I can't bear watching him take a penalty. To be fair to him, he stuck it away again, but it just makes me so anxious. Yeah, why would you do it? Why would you do it, Sam? Well, because he's confident. That's what he is, isn't he? Um, Ten men then holding out Derby up to 17th. Nine points clear of danger. The level with Middlesbrough in 16th. Charlton, though, slipping to 19th and haven't gotten away win since August now Charlton mm. yeah the last couple of games they've actually been really good and um, got that late victory against Bristol City late equaliser at QPR really limp performance last night mm. I love the honesty of, of Bowyer post-match I know you two have probably interviewed him it seems to take an age to get a word out but I really admire his, his honesty I know obviously from speaking to Johnny what he's like in the dressing room he He's very honest with the, the players, pulls no punches. And um, I think he got that spot on last night because they got into great areas, didn't really lay a glove on on Derby. I thought Dwayne Holmes for the home team was superb. And I've seen him play as a number 10, actually, a few years ago at Scunthorpe. Very talented player. He's obviously playing a little bit more withdrawn now. Needs must last night because of the sending off. But he ran the game, defensively brilliant and and got them forward on the counter-attack as well. So some really good young players to compliment him as well. Obviously um, getting the two goals last night. Jason Knight, so his first couple of career goals. But yeah, from a Charlton perspective, need to get some bodies back. But if you offered them this position in the table uh, at the end of the season, they, they would have snapped your hand off uh, in pre-season because you know, they're punching above the weight, especially considering the, the injuries they've got. Yeah, we're going to the bottom of the table. Only one away win in 2019 and that, was at Leeds of all places uh, seven draws 15 losses for Wigan then Luton Barnsley Stoke Huddersfield and Charlton make up the bottom six on Holmes you talk about younger players uh, Wayne Rooney's anticipated debut I mean could have been the build up was oh is it is it no uh, next game maybe Holmes has said it's going to be massive for us we've seen him in training for a month or so and he's still really special but apparently just needs game time to play him Robin yeah it's going to be an interesting one because, as you say, Sky gave it the massive build-up uh, last night, especially pre-match, which I thought was slightly strange, even though he was clearly not allowed to play. And then, yes, so it'll be really interesting. I'm so I'm fascinated to see how he does and how much he does play mm. and where he plays as well. Although I think um, Philip Cock, who has said he's going to be up front, I think, not the... In goal. The old... <laughs> that I would love to see. Yeah. I'd pay for that. Um, but yeah, this having game time is an interesting one. I'm not sure if they've laid games on for him behind closed doors or if he's just had a game of pick-up football in the park. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he does. Yeah, Jonathan Oakes spoke to Koku, which was another really nice interview. I've not seen Koku so animated, really, after a game this season, yeah. really chuffed with the performance. And um, yeah, Jonathan Oakes, because of the sending off to Bielik, asked if Rooney would be deployed in midfield, which he kind of straight battered away. But it's going to be fascinating because he could play anywhere, you know, down the, the middle of the pitch as a, as a number 10, as a centre forward. Yeah, I said he wouldn't get a game early part of the season, but I didn't imagine... Derby to have had this campaign that they have so he'll be in that team we'll just have to wait and see where it is here's what's coming up then a West Brom Leeds we'll start with that uh, Leeds top but as we pointed out 
this time last season. That's where they were too. It's at West Brom, Sam. Yeah, I mean, West Brom dominated the ball at Ellen Road early part of the season. If we, we think back, they were stupendous in the second half, but just mm. couldn't find a goal. So I think they'll be confident going into this game. Dean Garner's absence is a problem for West Brom. We saw it last year with Harvey Barnes. I'm not saying it's to that length, but I think they need to get him back quick, smart. And uh, Sawyers was missing the other day as well in that defeat against Middlesbrough. And I think when he's on it, West Brom play well. And I think he needs to be in the team against Leeds, try and dominate as as much as they can and, um, you know, bounce back from what was a really disappointing performance against Middlesbrough. But yeah, I think they're the two keys for me. Dean Garner's form, I think he's been involved in nine goals uh, so far this season, directly 11, sorry, and and Sawyers makes them tick. So those are the two I would pinpoint uh, if West Brom are going to take maximum points. Loads of build-up to this one. This is the 5.15 on New Year's Day, Robin. It's around Eddie Nketiah, the fact that, that he's off. Um, who's Bielsa going to bring in to replace him? Was it a poor move in the first place? Well, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because Patrick Bamford, I think he, they said initially he's going to be back for this game, but I'm not absolutely 100% sure. Eddie Nketiah did pretty well, actually. That was his first league start <laughs> against uh, Birmingham. So he's really not had enough game time. No. So from an Arsenal perspective... It's just not it's not worked, has it? He's got a lot of loyalty to Patrick Bamford. And yeah, there's been quite a few names thrown into the mix, hasn't there? Che Adams, who hasn't really had a lot of game time at Southampton. Dwight Gale, uh, similarly for Newcastle. Rian Brewster, who I think has been linked with Swansea as well. So that's going to be really interesting. But you mentioned that they were top last season. They've also got exactly the same amount of points as they had at this time last season as well. And I think they lost three going up to the Christmas period last season, then 10, obviously, latterly. So, again, these old opinions about Marcelo Bielsa absolutely beasting his players and mm. then them being burnt out might rear their head again. We'll just have to see. They got very exposed down the left-hand side against Birmingham because Alioski, he's deployed him as a left-back, hasn't he? Mm. But he bombs on, and that's where a lot of joy came from Birmingham. So that perhaps where West Brom can get some joy as well. The irony being that Bilic has said that it's West Brom who enacted it at the moment and as you say Bielsa apparently it was it was his team last time out so this one is the 515 we'll get some odds from Joe in just a moment on that once he's recovered from throwing all those darts uh, let's move on then to so we were, we were having a little bit of a, a mutter about Middlesbrough and, and where they are now and kind of what sort of team they are I think until he gets all these players back horrible, horrible injuries, run of injuries that they've had, but I guess a load of teams could say that. They're up against Preston North End. Who wants to take which team? Borough, Sam? Yeah, well, I've spoken about the young players already, but I think he's showed his adaptability in the last few games. Jonathan Woodgate, certainly. They were playing a back three, three five two. He's played three four three as well uh, in, in the recent game. And the home form's has been really good. You know, narrow victories. Going away from home has been the problem. So we'll have to see if they can find that consistency on the road after the victory at West Brom against the Preston side who have been a little bit inconsistent of late and will want to bounce back from a really disappointing home defeat to, to Reading. It's a very difficult one to call. Like I said, this time of year throws up some very um, peculiar results. But I'd be hard-pressed to see Middlesbrough winning again, considering it's taken them so long to get their maiden victory. I'm not sure if I agree with that, because looking at Preston North End's away record, you mentioned that Borough have a really good home record. They've only won twice away from home this season. Their last one was in November against Charlton. 
I think their main problem is scoring goals because against Reading, just looking at the stats, they had 73% possession and 21 shots to Reading's 12. And obviously they didn't score a goal. Um, they might have David Nugent back. Obviously he hasn't been prolific has he, since he came back, but that will be at least a focal point for them. Um, and also they've had a lot of injuries too. They've had to reshuffle their defence from the side that started the season so well. It looks like they probably have Patrick Bauer back, which will be big. Um, but I just think, you know, Preston North End, well, obviously they were punching above their weight to start the season. They're probably just regressing to the mean. And uh, yeah, I just in terms of relative form and confidence, perhaps, I think actually Borough might be favourites for this one. Preston North End Middlesbrough is a three o'clock then on New Year's Day. Joe, the odds on let's start on West Brom Leeds. West Brom are two to one. Leeds are the favourites at thirteen to ten, and the draw five to two. And what about Borough Preston North End or Preston North End Borough? So Robin said uh, she fancies Borough to be the favourites. Our compilers completely disagree. Um, <laughs> Preston are odds on to win, um, just under evens at seventeen to twenty. Borough seventeen to five, and the draw five to two. But um, interestingly, Borough are now, after their recent run of form, nine points off the playoffs and nine points off relegation. Um, yet they're 11 to two to go down and 150 to one to get promoted. So, I think there's certainly a little bit of value there in that 150 to one. What about the the rest of the relegation prices? Then I mentioned that Charlton are now into that bottom six. Uh, Charlton in 19th, Huddersfield 20th, Stoke 21st, Barnsley, Luton, and Wigan. But there is that seven point gap between Huddersfield in 20th and Stoke in 21st. Well, the odds suggest that Charlton might just survive. Uh, there's three teams that are odds on to go down. Luton. Uh, who I seem to remember picking for a, a playoff spot at the start of the season, are two to five to go down. Barnsley eight to fifteen, and Wigan four to seven. Then you've got Charlton at two to one, Stoke at five to two, and Huddersfield at four to one. So those bottom four, as the points would suggest, cut cut adrift a bit now. Uh, yeah. Thank you for that precise, concise mm-hmm. review of all things down the bottom of the championship. Right, on to League One. Although, we have another question for you. I know you can't wait more on the website, but this question for you is the show. Which of the following League One managers had two spells at their current club in the 2010s? Which of the following League One managers had two spells at their current club in the last decade? Simon Grayson, Nigel Clough, Gareth Ainsworth or Darren Ferguson. Get great offers every day with William Hill. Join today and get £30 in free bets when you bet £10 using the promo code C30. Whether you like great prices, free bets, or in-play scoreboards, William Hill has you covered. William Hill is who you play with. Promo code C30. New online customers only. Minimum £10 stake. Win only. Minimum odds 1 to 2. Free bets paid as free £10 bets. 30-day expiry. Free bet payment method player and country restrictions apply. That's hard, that. That I'm sounds like open. all of them. <laughs> I'm yeah. Gap, Ainsworth Could is a player, though, yeah? This is Sam's working out left, you're listening to mm-hmm. now with Robin Cowan left, as well on the mm-hmm. Totally mm-hmm. Football League show. They're trying to work mm-hmm. out currently. There's me commentating Grayson. on trying to work Grayson out. would have been Let's before. see if Joe has anything <laughs> to add to this. He Joe, do you have anything to add previous decade? Yeah, because yeah, he used to play against him. Oh, okay. Who was the other one? Was it Clough? He left and came back, didn't he? OK, all right, I've had enough now. You're going to have to make an answer. A decision? You're going to have to make a decision. Who was D? Ferguson. Ferguson, I'm going. Joe? I agree. Robin? I was going to go for Clough. Two of you are right, one of you is wrong. Uh. Darren Ferguson is the answer. Wasn't that fun? The headlines from League One, Bolton are a point off Southend at the bottom. 
Go on, the lads. Wickham have lost three in a row, and Ipswich haven't won in six now. And the Tractor Boys now sitting fourth with Oxford United and Rotherham incredibly in between. And Joey Barton has a red card for being Joey Barton. Well, for a goal being disallowed. He said, it doesn't help us now, and I'm probably going to get a fine from the FA and have to sit in the stands for a game. I'm just passionate and care about my team winning games. Robin Cowan is in the studio, so go on then. Tell me how gorgeous Oxford United are. I'll give oh. you at least a minute. Oh, just a minute. Go on. It's all going so well, Caroline. <laughs> I can't believe it. Why is it going well? I think the key is that Carl Robinson, he's just done an amazing job. And also the fact that Oxford, have he's rotated the players a lot over the Christmas period, especially we've had illness and injury, which, by the way, Carl Robinson did blame on the local paper. Our local paper, shout out to Dave Pritchard. He came and he said, he's come in and made all our players ill because he had a sniffle, so that was very nice of him. Was it him? I don't think so. <laughs> it could have been a number of candidates, really, at or this time of you, year. <laughs> but I think he's rotated and there hasn't really been a drop-off. That's been the key thing, is that he's rotated the striker, Mackie, and Taylor for whichever game they're facing. And did you see Shandon Baptiste's pass for Mark Sykes' goal against AFC Wimbledon? That was Recreate it, recreate it. It was gorgeous, just defence splitting and then a decent finish as well. The only issue is, of course, is that a lot of clubs sniffing around our players, particularly Shandon Baptiste, because he's done incredibly well and he's done well in the high-profile games against West Ham in the EFL Cup and Manchester City. So expecting perhaps a few... Uh, wandering eyes and the January transfer window. Are you all as fans now just in collective huddles going, well, if we hang on to him, this will prove that we really want to go up? I think so, yeah. Yeah. He's not the only one. Cameron Brannigan, Rob Dickey as well. A lot of scouts going to the Kassam Stadium. He made it into your team of the year, did he not, Sam Parkin? Yeah, I mean, Robin's played it down a little bit there, but uh, one of the the grounds up and down the country that we bumped into each other recently. I did say to her about a month ago, Swindon Oxford double, it's on. And she went, no, there's not enough goals, not sure at the top of the pitch and all that. But having seen them, I think three times live this season, best team I've seen in League One. And that's hard for me to say. I'm not allowed to say that really, being a Swindon fan. But I've been so complimentary about them this season. But because of the names that Robin's just mentioned, it's it's very difficult not to be. Dickie's superb I love James Henry as well the season yeah. that he's having um, Fossu as well we've not mentioned but yeah but Brannigan and Baptiste Colin Murray's doing his utmost to flog him because he's been <laughs> highlighted twice in the last week uh, because of his goal in the last home game and that beautiful pass the other day but yeah Wickham uh, had a little bit of a wobble and if there's one team that's going to overtake them it's Oxford for me You've still got that game in hand, haven't you? But that's not enough to... They're four points ahead. Four points, yeah. But got the momentum. And as I say, Carl Robinson's done an amazing job. Incredible. And also, he's he does... He has been promised more players in January. Do you have uh, odds on who goes where and who goes on to eventually win League One, Joe Crilly? I'll let you hold that thought just for a moment whilst we um, contemplate Ben Garner, the new Bristol Rovers boss, ex-West uh, Brom... Crystal Palace, he's got a beautiful beard. Uh, what else should I say about him? He got him? the seal of approval from Ian Holloway, didn't he, on did Quest? Get, he did get the Ian, and who doesn't want the Ollie seal we of approval? We all want that. Always wanted. Uh, was the outstanding candidate for the role. This happened uh, two days before Christmas, didn't it? Anyway, post our, our last show. A wealth of experience in the game. We look forward to supporting him in his role here at the club. Great record of working with younger players, and we're keen for the close ties between the first team and academy to be expanded Further, showcasing a pathway for young players. I love that and I applaud that, but how many times do we hear that or have we heard that 
in parlance when it comes to the appointment of a manager? Pathway coming through, is it going to work? I think we have to applaud the decision. We want to see young, talented coaches getting an opportunity and he comes really highly regarded. The problem being, we, we saw it, there was the potential to see it last year at Luton when they were on such a terrific run and mm. Mick went in and just, Mick Harford went in and just steadied the ship, uh, essentially, didn't he? And Mick's great around the place. I think it's going to be different at Bristol Rovers because this chap's going to have his own ideas, his own philosophy. And at Bristol Rovers, under Graham Coughlin, I think it's been built on spirit, a little bit back to front, quite direct, a little bit old school maybe in some of those methods. I think this guy, continuing he's worked in uh, academy football and, and coached, he's going to want to do things a little bit differently. And I watched a little bit of the game against Wimbledon and there was there was a few signs that they're going to want to be playing a little bit more. So I think he just needs to be careful and get the right balance because mm. if you go in there and change what's been getting great success this season, you know, really good opportunity of getting in the playoffs, it could have a real negative effect on the whole place. So the results, the two results haven't been great, but a point at Fleetwood, a little bit fortuitous. There was a, a disallowed goal, which Joey kicked off about, but it's got a point on the board. And no, I think we should applaud that. And Kevin Mayer knows the club who's still alongside him, someone that I know well. I'm sure they'll do fine. He's worked under Tony Pulis as well, so he's got that under in his locker. <laughs> so it, yeah. he can always revert back to that. I just think, yeah, it's good. We, we should we should give him a chance, obviously. But then you also, as you say, Caroline, there's been quite a few count, countless examples where mm. this hasn't worked, like Dan Machici at MK Dons and quite a few others. Well, at least he worked with Zaha, didn't he, in the Crystal Palace Academy. Mm. So it could be, we're all told that it's going somewhere in January. Maybe he's off to Bristol Rovers. <laughs> things have stalled, at least with the stadium off the pitch, so maybe they needed something just that that perhaps would show growth on the pitch with the club, which, of course, they've been doing brilliantly on so far this season. Joe, have you got those odds on who goes up? I have. Uh, and, it, Robin, I don't think you're going to be very happy. because Shh, don't tell her. Oxford are favourites to win no, the division. No, stop it. <laughs> be quiet. Uh, seven to two favourites ahead of Ipswich and Wickham, who are both five to one. You sound like every Liverpool fan I've heard in the past couple of days. <laughs> I can't believe that ahead of Ipswich, though. Yeah, well, I mean, Ipswich have been favourites pretty much all season, despite the run that Wickham have been on the indifferent form that Ipswich have shown um, over the last few weeks. They've always been favourites, but I just think that the run that they're on at the moment and the and the fact that Paul Lambert's coming under a little bit of uh, pressure, I can see things uh, going south for uh, for Ipswich, and, and that's probably the reason why Oxford have moved into that favourites position. You've teed things up nicely because Wickham-Ipswich is one of our focus games from League One. Wickham, what's been going wrong? What's about to go right? And you don't really want to face Ipswich, do you, Robin? I don't know. Oh, you do. Oxford United. (laughs) Anyone? I'm not sure if they'd be fearing Ipswich, given what's happening there, especially. I mean, the two managers couldn't be more contrasting. Although Gareth Ainsworth did look pretty upset after that absolute thumping against Coventry. I think that's the issue, isn't it? Is that they're... Their rise up the table has been built on a solid foundation of not conceding. They still have, a, I think, the joint best defence in the division. But that's going to worry him, isn't it? Because they're not free scoring. Uh, obviously, great set-piece taker with Joe Jacobson and Akinfen were scored. But that's going to be a concern for him. But I think maybe Ipswich are not in a great position and the fans seriously a little bit restless. So maybe they can take advantage of that. I do think Wickham, they, we've been talking about this a lot throughout the, the programme, but they've been punching above their weight massively. And again, they're just regressing. To the, I mean, they shouldn't be up there at all. And I think Gareth Ainsworth did say, actually, after that defeat to Coventry, because of the start of the season was so 
uh, was so good and their aim was just to stay up. Expectations have risen and so these defeats hurt a bit more and especially for the fans. So is that the complete opposite then as to how you read Ipswich? I'm with Robin on that. I'd 100% rather be in the Wickham dressing room. Yes, Wickham have had a blip, but I just think when you start to get a few injuries, you know, they all know their jobs. Pretty much we know the Wickham but back four and midfield three and goalkeeper. They can rotate at the top of the pitch, but now they're getting a few injuries defensively. Charles was missing. I think Grimm has been missing as well. That's a problem because they're not really loaded with options defensively. And I think just in hindsight, Gareth will just be maybe regretting that, not getting an extra centre-half, and maybe that's something they'll do in January. But they've lost three games. But, you know, Saturday, I think, uh, sorry, the, the, the game against Coventry was a little bit of a freak in that it all came together for Coventry, who we know are a really talented side, very well coached. But, yeah, I, I think going into a game against Ipswich, who are in big trouble, and it seems to be a manager who is deploying a number of different systems. He's making some strange decisions in, ter- in terms of the personnel. I think Downs has been exceptional this season. He missed out on Boxing Day, mm. which was a bit of a head-scratcher. NCR got a start and was, was miles away from it. So I think the Ipswich fans just want them to stick with the formation, stick with the players that got them success early part of the season and just give them a little bit of a run because... You know, I don't think Paul Lambert, it doesn't strike me as someone who's going to meticulously work on systems, you know, on the training ground um, day after day and really knock it into the players how they're supposed to be set up. Uh, and I think at League One level, you kind of need to focus on one way. Are you, are you surprised the club have already given him the vote of confidence? Um, a public vote of confidence? The, well, went- no, because he's got everyone together at that club, you know, in a really difficult time last season. I think the morale improved. Uh, there was certainly an upturn in performances the start of this season. Remember the the squad and the management going over and um, waving at the fans after that brilliant run of results they went on early part of the season. Everyone seemed to be together and it's just fallen apart a little bit. But I think Lambert deserves the, the backing because he's kind of united everyone to a degree and he needs to see the job through this season. I think to make a change would be tough and could be catastrophic in their terms of trying to get out of the division this year. I think he deserves the time, but it was a very strange yeah. press conference, wasn't it? Bizarre. Really weird. So, I, I mean, he'll. I'm sure the board don't want to sack him, but I don't know. Is he going to, I wouldn't say resign, but it's very odd comments, wasn't it? Well, I mean, Ipswich haven't won in the league since the 5th of November. So yeah, they're, they're, they're flying down the table and they, mm. they need to a, get promoted. It's not a blip. I mean, this is a it's two months. Then. This mm. is a terrible run, and they haven't been scoring goals. I mean, the statistics are incredible. So, one of the positives they scored three uh, at Lincoln the other day. You know, can they get back to those strikers? Norwood, in particular, whose form suffered. Jackson looked like in tandem they were going to be such a threat this season. That's the one positive I see from the other day. But to ship five goals against a Lincoln side who have been very indifferent under. Michael Appleton is extremely worrying. Uh, let's quickly focus on one other game in League One, Rotherham-Blackpool. Um, Paul warns Rotherham now third, Robin. Yeah, um, and after a pretty a bit of a sticky patch, they look like they're, they're getting back on track, three wins in a row in November, and then they haven't really consistently 
picked up results since then. So this is their longest unbeaten run. And it was a fantastic win, obviously, uh, in their last game against Peterborough. They are just so dangerous from set pieces, aren't they? That's, their, that's the key. They've scored 15 goals and that's the most in the division. So that's the, the main thing that Blackpool are going to have to concentrate on. And they won the, the reverse of this fixture earlier in the season. Yeah, and I said the other day that the, the Blackpool pitch is a bit of a problem at the moment. They encountered themselves away from home at Tranmere, which is, you know, really bad plan service. And they went a bit more direct nuttle with uh, Nangele. So I'd imagine that we may see some set-piece goals, some, some headed goals potentially in this one. But a bit of a reoccurring theme when I look into what's going on at Blackpool it doesn't seem that all's right under Grayson. I mean, setting up to um, not get beaten rather than playing on the front foot uh, away at Tranmere the other day. Support was very critical once again of the performance. But you have to caveat that with the places together. You know, Simon Grayson has united the, the, the club after such a difficult spell. So, again, I think we just need to put the reins on a little bit and see if he can get maybe another striker in January to compliment uh, Nanjale and see how they go. But I I just, for me, the the, the playoffs is going to be too difficult for him to get into. Wickham, Ipswich and Rotherham Blackpool then, Joe? Wickham are favourites to beat Ipswich, uh, 13-10 with Ipswich 2-1 and the draw 23-10. And uh, Rotherham favourites to win at home as well 11 to 10 with Blackpool 5 to 2 in the draw 12 to 5 I know we've already said it loud and embarrassed her uh, Robin's team Oxford United are going up they're going to win it walk it what about going down I mean I oh, know Oxford United <laughs> aren't going down I'll, I'll clearly make that in prediction <laughs> but, but have I mean, the odds swung at all on who's going I mean, down I sound like a, a, a broken record Southend and Bolton very much odds on to go down Southend 1 to 50 uh, Bolton 1 to 8 uh, MK Dons are even money to fill that final relegation spot uh, Tranmere 9 to 4 Rochdale 5 to 2 Wimbledon 5 to 2 it looks like one of those four teams MK Tranmere Rochdale and Wimbledon can to fill the final. Can you get good odds on Bolton finishing above Southend now? Nah. Uh, oh. Bolton are very much odds on to finish above Southend. Oh, all right then. Well, at least that's one thing to look forward to, isn't it? Yes. Maybe not. Uh, league one done, off to League two. But not before we have the last one from our quiz. Neil Warnock won promotion twice in the 2010s with which clubs? Was it Cardiff and QPR, Cardiff and Sheffield United, Cardiff and Crystal Palace, or Cardiff and Rotherham United. Neil Warnock won promotion twice in the 2010s with which two clubs? The answer is on its way. This is the Totally Football League show with Caroline Barker. Ready? Yeah. All together now it was... A. Cardiff QPR. Oh, yeah, I couldn't remember saying A, B, C or D again. But yes, it was A. Robin, thank you for joining in. Uh, the headlines, <laughs> Owen Doyle's 11-match scoring run is over. But Swindon remain top of the league despite losing 2-0 to Port Vale. Macclesfield have been deducted six points. They sit two points above Stevenage in 22nd. And it's a bit Groundhog Day at Stevenage because they leave the 2010s not much better than they were at the start. Graham Wesley's in charge, but they're just one place higher bottom of league two rather than top of the national league football eh? don't you love it macclesfield officially docked six points four suspended there's lots of chat gone on about this but just can anyone work out what's going to happen with macclesfield Sol campbell's still after his money i can't work it out the the latest 
worrying aspect to this is that Sol Campbell's talking about maybe raiding Macclesfield for a few of his um, former players in, in January as well. So that's a bit of a concern. Reading, I think it was in the, the Telegraph, an article the last few days that these problems go back to when John Askey was actually getting them promoted from the from the, the National League. Yeah. Uh, players not being paid. There, there seemed to be a dark cloud over the club actually when they were pretty much lifting the uh, conference trophy, the National League trophy. So um, maybe he saw what was uh, ahead of him uh, taking that other gig at Shrewsbury, I think it was at the time. It's pretty desperate. Travelled on the day to Forest Green the other day and when that starts happening, you know, that's going to start actually affecting the on-field performances and we've spoken about Darren McMahon continuing to do a fine job through this and pretty resilient against Forest Green, just losing by the, the odd goal, but that's going to have an impact. I know it's not the, the longest journey you're going to do in the League Two season, but it's a fair old shift. The players need to be looked after, given the best opportunity to play at their maximum. And mm. um, pretty desperate, but hopefully this this sale is going to go through. You know, it seems that uh, this local businessman, it's um, Sealy, isn't it? Looks to still be kind of on the, the fringes and hopefully, that, you know, that can be be made to happen yeah in and around third bottom of the league you know the hope about whether they can can stay in it um difficult for them let's let's go on to the fixtures then in league two forest green rovers up against exeter so that that fgr trip then last time that these two sides met exeter was second and forest green would top robin that's a stat just for you. Thank you. That's all right. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Abby's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> yeah, no, Forest Green are they're a slightly strange too. I mean, it's not it's pretty obvious what's wrong, isn't it? They just don't score enough goals. Exactly. That that that's the issue. Um they've got a very good defensive record, but they've scored twenty seven goals in twenty four games. So they really need to find a goal scorer, uh, if they can in the January transfer window. Obviously Christian Doidge was the one who scored most of their goals in the recent seasons. And then they hadn't won in seven before they beat Macclesfield and only by goal to nil. So they just lack a bit of potency, don't they, up front? Although, having said that, they're still only one point off the automatic promotion position. So still still very near to the top of that table. And they have got permission now for that, that gorgeous new wooden stadium. I can't wait. Can't wait. Although, I think, we're, um, are we going to be alive when that's... When that's uh, Possibly. I mean, don't look at me like that. What have you been told? It just that from what from what I've read, it's going to take a long, long time to construct this. It looks pretty incredible, though. Yeah, iconic, says Dale Vince. We'll live forever if we start to eat like Dale Vince. True, yeah, too true. Do vegans live longer? Well, you'd, I'd like to think so. They do in that neck of the woods. Um, Exeter, then, Sam. Yeah, I mean, just to pick up on what Robin was saying, it's. It's easy to complicate things when you're you're sat in here, but Mark Cooper will tell you straight away he just needs to get some some goal scorers. I, I looked this morning, scored three in the last six games, all from defenders. Mm. So that sums up. And we know they have to shop in a uh, they shopped in a slightly different basket in the summer and looked for a few players from lower leagues and and what have you. But it hasn't happened in in that regard. Um, yeah, it was very tight between the two before. I think it was one nil. Extra have had seven one nils this season, which is just incredible. And that's the big difference from from last year, that resilience that they have defensively. Uh, The big problem, left-hand side, Jack Sparks, another one of these wonderful youth team players, academy graduates, out for the season. Mm. And already got my old mate Craig Woodman uh, nursing an injury, Dean Moxie as well. So the left-hand side's a a real problem where they've had great endeavour from Sparks all season. So 
I noticed they rotated as well at Colchester the other day and Matt Taylor was bemoaning the fact that with the extra man in the, the last 10 minutes when Colchester reduced to 10, they didn't kick on and go on and win the game. I think he's trying to kid a few there. That's a great point. Uh, away from home over Christmas, away at Colchester, who have got the best unbeaten run in, in the division currently. Um, so no, really attractive uh, looking game, you would say. Mark Cooper, I believe, played for Exeter for a long time, so he'll be looking forward to, to hosting them. Uh, I think this will be one where maybe Mark Cooper won't uh, supply the needle. Maybe he'll be on his best behaviour. Disappointing. Forest Green Exeter then at three. These all three o'clock kickoffs. Let's have a little look at the small matter of Plymouth, Swindon. Swindon, uh, top of the table. Plymouth in seventh. They are eight points behind them in the table and occupy that last playoff place uh, shall I go to Robin for Plymouth well, they're really good form aren't they five mm. wins in six again another team that just needs a goal scorer um, after they lost Freddie Ladapo last season although even his goals didn't, didn't keep them up former Champs of City player Freddie Ladapo I think is very good excellent thank you also I heard that uh Tyreek Backinson was watching. Um, he's a Bristol City player. I watched him last season on loan at Newport County uh, when I was commentating at Met Police for the FA Cup. The worst experience commentating I've ever had. Why? Uh, had to abandon the gantry twice because of lightning. Oh. And then had to bail out the uh, the commentary position because it was raining so much. So that was pleasant. If only there was a police officer on hand to help you. <laughs> and he was excellent. He, he played a lot for Newport County last season. He got good reviews and he was obviously part of that side that reached the fifth round of the FA Cup. So I think he'll be a good addition to Plymouth. But yeah, again, they need someone, a consistent goal scorer. Tell me why Swindon are going to smash Plymouth. Well, this is a great game and I, I played in this and... Not too far apart ge- geographically. I think already a th- over a thousand Swindon uh, fans go into the game. It'll be a great atmosphere, and it'll be a different test for Swindon. I think physically, Portville were very aggressive uh, in their victory the other day, and Swindon are just decimated by injuries defensively. Centre half, in particular, is the position where they're struggling. They've broad bent out. Conroy's been out for the, the, the season really Baudry now going down Ellis Iandolo who's a makeshift left back went off in that first half as well against Port Vale Zakuani's the only real fit senior centre half so big problem but you know with the, the ammunition they've got going the other way it, it should be a really good encounter and I expect Swindon to, to score it's whether they can keep out this kind of new look Plymouth attack quiet he's been rotating a little bit Ryan Lowe but yeah no panic for Swindon you're going to get these days and I think against Port Vale they came up against a defensively very sound unit and um, for once the the front players couldn't find a way I love how Ryan Lowe has has got Plymouth going and I think you're right so we be tight again this one what does Joe Crilly from William Hill think yeah, pretty tight uh, across the board. Plymouth twenty-seven to twenty to win, uh, Swindon nineteen to ten, and the draw twelve to five. And Forest Green Rovers Exeter, another tight one. Forest Green eight to five, Exeter seven to four, so slight favourites, and the draw eleven to five. Nearly done, thank you, Joe. Uh, your team of the season's done well, hasn't it? On Quest, I've seen lots of people going backwards and forwards about whether they agree or not with you. Dickie's in there, as we said. <laughs> Dickie's in there. Doyle and Tony up front. Yeah. This, this, why are you grim? Well, no, I, I had to, the brief was to include players from all the divisions. Right. And I think you now that I've had a little bit of feedback, the obvious one's Mitrovic that I didn't include. But my reason for that is Mitrovic is a Premier League player. 
Okay, and I know he's playing in the championship and he's yeah. doing amazingly well, but you know, I, we all expected this to happen. I think the effect that Owen Doyle has had on that Swindon team, and likewise Tony at, at Peterborough, has been absolutely incredible. So that's why I went for those two. I think the other argument is I could probably could have shoehorned Ollie Watkins into the midfield. But I just think, again, the impact that Jed Wallace has had for Mill, the amount of goals that's meant that Mill will have won football matches has been insane. So that's why he got the nod. But no, everyone's been pretty nice about it. Have a look on the Quest TV. It's just Quest TV on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash Quest TV. And you can see Sam's team of the season. But a couple of the names that you, you mentioned in it have been linked to going away in January and leaving their respective clubs. Jed Wallace... Uh, five million or so he's been valued at, linked with Aston Villa. Do you think we'll go there? I think it's worth someone maybe taking a punt on him. The last couple of weeks, though, he's been at fault for a couple of goals. Mm. And after the first one, Gary Rowett was talking, I think it was the Forest game, the, the live Friday night game. And then again recently, he, he gave away possession in a really dangerous area and just needs to concentrate on taking people on and being direct in the right areas of the pitch. Um, if he can eradicate that from his game, there's no reason why he can't get a decent move. Whether he could walk into a Premier League team, I think that's very much up for debate. That'd be a massive miss for Millwall, wouldn't it, if he went in January? Mm. Yeah, you're not alone in saying that. I know some of the Millwall fans are just, shh, stop talking <laughs> about them. Right, quickly on these then. Lyle Taylor, stay or go? He's been linked with Rangers, Swansea, Everyone else, West Brom, Sheffield Wednesday, stay or go? Well, I don't know anything, but it's a big problem for Charlton and I imagine that if the right offer comes in, he'll be on his way. Robin? Well, wanting to stay, obviously, for Charlton's sake, but uh, he's a terrific player. I'll do two more for you. Joe Worrell, Nottingham Forest, of course, defender. Oh, not right now, no, I think. Arsenal or Everton he's been linked with? Maybe a potential to, if that's, there's any truth in that, get the, the deal done and then loan him back for the season and try and finish the job off. Yeah. Uh, uh, one last one. Uh, Darren Randolph. Talk that he might go off to West Ham from Middlesbrough. He's not been playing, has he, Darren Randolph? Or has he? He uh, had a bit, but then he certainly missed out. the last game, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, and they're wrong end. I mean, if he's not in, he's not first choice. I think he is a Premier League goalkeeper, isn't he? Yeah. And um, West Ham... So they have Fabianski back now, but uh, before that, it wasn't going so well. Under and did there. Randolph play well for Moyes at West Ham before, or was that before Moyes went in? This is heading down a particular one in which I do not wish to go. But it was a joy, nonetheless. Um, Joe, have you got any thoughts on any of the above? The whole Bolton team to stay up? No. Where are they going? Anyone going? Bringing anyone in? Well, January is going to be very interesting indeed. Thank um, you for that. Joe Critty, <laughs> our Bolton correspondent. Uh, it has been a delight to join you all year this year, Joe, and I look forward to seeing you in 2020. Robin Cowan, thank you very much. Thank you. Oxford United going up, going to win it. Shh. All of it. Be quiet. Premier League as well. <laughs> and Sam, as always, a delight. Uh, that was it for this year and indeed the decade. Do check out Sam's team of the year via Quest TV. Well worth a look. And also the quiz via our website. Unless you are, of course, listening to us in 2020, in which case, um, just Happy New Year. Hope you had a good one, all of the above. Robin, thank you. Sam, thank you. Joe, thank you. We'll see you both next week. And listeners, equally, too. See you then. You've been listening to the Totally Football League Show, a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, please email sales at muddykneesmedia.com. Keep up to date with everything across our Totally Football network at The Totally Show on Twitter. And make sure you check out our brand new website too, thetotallyfootballshow.com. <laughs>